Hey, everybody, this is Ryan Dempster, and you're listening to Chad and Ryan on the Friendly Confines podcast. Rhino, we are, we are like days away from this regular season ending. Are you getting sad? Yeah, I'm getting sad, but fired up for the playoffs, Chad. This is obviously a unique year. It's going to be a unique situation with the postseason. So I'm kind of excited to see how this playoff is going to play itself out should the Cubs end up making it, which it looks like they should. Such an exciting show today. I'm so excited about the podcast. Will it be as exciting as back-to-back home runs against Josh Hader? Maybe not. Will it be as exciting as an improbable no-hitter by the Cubs' number five starter, Alec Mills? Maybe not. Will it be as exciting as two straight walk-off hits? Maybe. What do you think? It could be. It might be. Oh, it is, Chad. And we also have from the Vegas Sports Information Network, Mitch Moss is going to join us. You know, you can watch Mitch's show on the Marquee Sports Network. So all those Cub fans out there, you can wake up to Mitch every morning from 6 to 9. He's going to join us about the latest in the gambling trends. And what does the money say about Hugh Darvish winning the World, or excuse me, the Cy Young Award or the World Series for that matter? So stick around because the Friendly Confines starts right now. Hi, everybody. I'm Ryan Lieber. He's Chad Gordon. So let's start in the first inning, Chad, and down the stretch they come once again. It is hard to believe. The season is nearly over, and as of this recording, the Cubs 10 games over 500. They sit five and a half games over the Cincinnati Reds, the only team in the NL Central as of this recording that is over 500. And the Cubs, of course, with a big series against the Twins. Then they got the Pirates. Then they got the White Sox. Obviously, that White Sox series is going to be so huge for this team and how the season plays out, and especially the seedings for the Cubs. But from your standpoint and your vantage point, where do you see the Cubs ending up in the seedings? And not only that, it's nice to see how well they're playing over the last 10 games finally. Nah, it really, truly, that Saturday night uh, getting to Hater uh, in Milwaukee was such a key to get this team moving in the right direction. And, you know, what I see is these, this, these final stretch of 10 games, is this is kind of the show-me uh, stage. And, and, and here's the stat, kind of an interesting stat. Of no fault of the Cubs' own, right now, they have only played two teams with above 500 records right now. Only the Indians, who they swept all four games, and then that three-game series against the White Sox. This upcoming 10 games has six against the Twins and the White Sox. The White Sox, arguably, one of the best teams in the American League and all of Major League Baseball. So we're going to see what the Cubs are made of over these next 10 games. This team is going to make the playoffs. The question is, how will they look going in? And how ready will they be? How how much of this fire we've seen these last four days, um, you know, leading up to this week, are we going to see going forward? Right. And to your point, I don't think, and it's so hard for any of these teams to really know how good, well, unless you're the Dodgers, but even you can make that argument because you're not getting the schedule balance of recognizing who is as good as they could be because not everybody is playing each other so far in the regular season. So the playoffs are certainly going to, tell that story and determine how good this Cubs team is because like you said even though this is the schedule that is put in front of them it's not a hard schedule and thankfully the Cubs have been able to capitalize on that and they are the best team in the NL Central but let's see once they get to the postseason how good this team will be that will be the ultimate test for this ball club 
So let's move on to the second inning. And I, I, I alluded to it just a bit, you know, the, the, the really the turnaround that started Saturday night in Milwaukee um, in the last week. But who could have predicted the magic? And sometimes in those magical seasons, something has to happen that you remember it forever. And I got to tell you, I certainly didn't have the Cubs number five starter out Mills throwing a no-hitter on my bingo scorecard. How about you? No, I don't think anybody did, right? I mean, what a great story, though. This kid grew up as a Cubs fan, was a walk-on in college. Nobody gave him an opportunity to make the majors. And here he comes out and becomes the first Cubs pitcher since Jake Arrieta turned it in 2016. What a phenomenal game by Alec Mills. The funny part is, Chad, I don't know about you, but I watched that game, and of course the Cubs won that game against Milwaukee 12 to nothing. You're so focused on the offense and sitting there going, wow, what a great offensive output that you kind of forgot for a while that, oh, wow, wait a minute, Alex Mills is possibly throwing a no-hitter here. It, it like threw me for a loop until around the seventh, eighth inning that it kind of clicked and said, this guy's got a chance. I don't know how you saw that. Yeah, it was the same sort of thing, and I, and I believe, I could be wrong, but I think both teams were hitless into the fourth, and then the Cubs' offense exploded. And then, yeah, right around the sixth and seventh inning, I, that's where you start tuning in, and I started, I was actually at a pool party on that Sunday, and I was like, um, uh, this is maybe happening, and it, it just was an exciting moment, and you're right, what a great storyline. What I appreciated, what I'm going to really love following Alec Mills, because he's with us for a little bit, is... You know, in his after, you know, postgame uh, remarks, he shared, he goes, I just hope that my story will be, you know, people will hear my story and realize, hey, don't ever give up. You know, uh, the impossible can happen. Just keep your head up. I mean, it's such a such an inspirational moment. What a, a great greeting to the world stage for Alec Mills. We never we don't know if we're going to see this ever again. But, you know, in our lifetime, there have been four Cubs, no hitters in our lifetime. Um, so this is a rare thing. And to see it in this season, in this unlikeliest of season, in a nine-inning game, it wasn't one of those cheater seven-inning games, um, just magical. Let's move on to the third inning now. And, of course, we had been talking about Javi Baez and the struggles that he has had this season. But we've seen flashes of the guy that we sort of expect him to be, Chad. Javi having a great series against the Cleveland Indians. Um, had a home run, drove in a couple of runs, went two for five in their uh, win against the Indians on Wednesday, uh, scored a run. But what was most impressive to you from what you saw in the last few games that Javi Baez has played in? You know, it just you 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 see a little bit more energy um, and focus. I mean, Javi's an energy guy, but when you see when he succeeds at the plate, it carries over everywhere. But I, he, you know, he's made some, some throws um, to even save the Alec Mills no hitter. He's made th- some throws. You know that that double header, that double play ball, um, the liner that he threw and, and rifled over to Rizzo. You know, scoring from first on a strikeout. That's just Javi plays. These are nothing that should surprise you. This is what we get when we get. El Magoo. I mean, it's 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 amazing. What's interesting to me is he's still batting a little over 200. Um, so that hasn't picked up. You know, we, I expected him to be among the league leaders in home runs. He's not even, you know, he's, he's not even close to 10 um, in this shortened season. Um, so I guess what I'm always going to say, um, until I'm proven wrong, between him and Bryant and Rizzo and Contreras, those guys particularly, they are not sub-average players, and if they can start to turn it on and all turn it on at once, this team could be a killer. I wanted to know what was the most impressive thing you've seen from Javi. So for me, it had to be, you mentioned it, it's when he scored from first base on a strikeout, Chad. 
I mean, that just shows you the hustle that this man puts in on a day-in and day-out basis. He scored from first on a strikeout. That, to me, was the most impressive thing I had seen from Javi Baez. This guy does not have the word quit in him at all. And he is just going and going. And the fact that he, I mean, it's like, and obviously we weren't alive for this, but I can only imagine what it was like to watch Jackie Robinson play when that guy just would run all over the field. He never stopped. He would steal home because as as far as I'm concerned, stealing home is probably the most difficult thing to do in major league baseball. Yes. And that includes probably hitting for the cycle and, you know, throwing a no hitter or a perfect game in my opinion, because it is so rare. Um, Javi is such an exciting player to watch. It's good to see that he has, you know, got some confidence back and hopefully he can carry this over into the next few series. Absolutely. And uh, so much fun, so much fun. So let's move on to the fourth inning. And, you know, this was a, this was a topic you threw in there and I want to hear your perspective on it. I, I have seen it more recently, even though it is kind of the major league trend. So many runs are coming from the home run ball, but uh, are we seeing glimpses, Ryan, of, of the Cubs starting to, to play some small ball and, and winning some games? You know what? I've noticed that this team does not play as well when they're constantly just hitting home runs or waiting for the long ball to take the lead. We are, we, we recognize the fact that this team is capable of exploding offensively with a home run at any time from any of these guys. doesn't matter. Any of these guys are capable. If we were having a regular season of 162 games, the entire starting lineup for the most part, I'm pretty feel safe to say they could hit 20 plus home runs. But what I love the most is kind of seeing how this team has been creating opportunities to score runs without hitting home runs. And we saw that the last couple of games against the Indians getting on base, even if you get hit by a pitch to win the game (laughs) or hitting an RBI single to end the game doesn't matter. As long as guys are crossing the plate, I think it puts too much pressure on players when they feel like they constantly have to hit a home run or a three-run blast to put their team ahead. Create opportunities to get your ball club runs by doing the little things, and that, in my opinion, is what wins games. I love it, and you're right. Um, it's, I'm just excited to see the offensive offense explosion that we've seen in bits and pieces, and I'd like to see more of that. Yeah, these these one nothing games, which has happened in the last week against Milwaukee, um, you know, those are those 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 are tough to watch because you, you this team and this offense is capable of scoring five to six to seven eight runs. Um, I love small ball, but I'll tell you what, hitting two straight home runs off of Josh Hader. In Milwaukee, I'll take that every day. All right, so let us move on now to the fifth inning. And Cameron Maven, Chad, he's been a nice pickup for this team as the Cubs got him at the trade deadline. You know, he's he's really picked up his game quite a bit. He, he's played a crucial role for this team. He had, uh, over the past week, two RBIs. He had two hits and three at-bats. He's, he's played nice defensively against these uh, teams that the Cubs have gone up against. So it's nice to see what he's been able to do um, in a Cubs uniform. And this is a well-traveled player who's a veteran, who's got a lot of years under his belt. He's uh, somebody that I think has provided some nice bench support for this team. What do you think? You know, the Cubs don't win the World Series without uh, uh, without role players, you know, without Chris Coughlin, sort of those sort of guys, you know, and, and Jose Martinez, 
I barely knew you. So what I like about Maven is the intangibles, right? He's this guy that you can fit in a lot of different places. He he makes some great plays um, in the field. And right now he's he's batting for average, which is what you want. So I'm, I'm excited about the front office is done. It's been very hard to go pick up the impact players. But, you know, picking up Maven, picking up Billy Hamilton, um, I'm pretty excited to see um, that, that they are – focused on on some of those pieces that that they they knew that they just didn't have in the mix yeah and and you know what like i said i mean he's somebody that can provide some relief in the outfield the cubs are always kind of switching up their dh situation so maven's a guy who can play right field he filled in for hayward when he was sick he played left field the other night he certainly can play center field and he's a guy who can get on base and he's a guy who you know can provide some sort of spark uh, if need be. So like you said, role players are key for this team. And if he's somebody that can, you know, give them a little bit more oomph off the bench, I'm all for it for sure. Love it. Moving on to the sixth inning and uh, an inning topic that would not have existed just a couple of years ago. Uh, how about that, uh, that drone delay in that recent game at Wrigley Field? Uh, Rana, we were talking about that has to be one of the most unique reasons that you've seen a game held off or called or postponed or suspended or just delayed. What's been the most unique delay you've seen? Yeah. I wonder if that was like a fan just trying to sneak a peek of watching the game. Is that what that was of some guy who's just thinking if he puts the drone over the field that he can like kind of watch it from where it is. You know, for me, I can't remember a time that I was at a game where there was like a massive delay, but for my money, isn't it always the naked guy who just runs onto the field and then, ends up just getting tackled and they never show the guy. They never show that guy who's just running on the field or just guy running on the field during the game. I mean, the naked guy thing is always funny too, but for me, it's always drunk weirdo who just has to interrupt the game. And, you know, I know we can laugh about it, but obviously in the world we live in today, unfortunately that can also be a scary proposition too. But for me, it's always naked guy who's hammered in and interrupts the game. Right. Yeah, and, and, you know, I'm going to speak for all the listeners who are thinking the same thing I'm thinking of, which is, Ryan, I'm really sorry you didn't get a glimpse of Naked Guy. I mean, you seem pretty <laughs> bummed about this, but it's okay. <laughs> but you're right. You know what I do love? It's like European soccer. Like, there's always naked people. I mean, streaking in Europe is not seen as an offense. It's, it's, like, it's like an art form. Yeah. Right? So you're right. They don't do it so much here. Um, you know, one of the craziest delays I remember seeing, and, man, I can't tell you, my apologies, if this was this – was, 06 or 05 I, I i i should have done a little bit more prep on this but it was when kevin gregg was the closer for the cubs and and he was just getting lit up you know he was having all these struggles he would just was having a hard time guy runs over jumps over the wall by the the visitors bullpen on the right field line sprints up to the mound to kevin gregg and just like goes you know yells at him it's like like, what are you doing, dude? I think I do so, remember this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was in the I was in the stands, and I just remember being like, "What are you doing, dude? And what are you What are you going to do? Are you? I mean, did you think this through? But that was a very impassioned fan, and I do believe shortly after that, the Cubs and the city of Chicago worked together, and I think things like that are now a felony. <laughs> Rhino, I love this. We're giving our listeners, again, the opportunity to get free merchandise right here on the show. Uh, how would uh, free Cubs hat sound to you guys? All you have to do is text CUBS20 to the number 77948. So all you do, open up your text messenger, type in the phone number 77948, and text CUBS20. 
CUBS20. You can get a free Cubs hat while supplies last from our new partners, Federalist Wine. Again, that's Cubs20 to 77948, and you can get a free Cubs hat. Well, that seems easy enough, Chad. I mean, and speaking of the Federalist, this is a wine devoted to one thing, and that's damn good taste. It's crafted to be as big, bold, and revolutionary as America itself. You're an American, right, Chad? You should like this wine. Very American, yes. This is an American craft wine that really goes with everything. So you want it with a nice dinner? Drink Federalist. You want it with some, as I like to call it, dude food, like a hamburger? Drink Federalist wine. It's perfect for backyard barbecues and watching baseball. I drink it. Ryan drinks it. You should, too. Grab a bottle at uncorked.com. And here's another great promotion. Use the promo code CUBS20. The folks over at uncorked.com, CUBS20. You'll get 20% off your purchase. So remember, text CUBS20 to 77948 to get your free Cubs hat. And then go on over to uncorked.com and use the promo code CUBS20 as well for 20% off as many bottles of wine as you want. That's Federalist Wine. Damn good taste. That's right. Must be 21 years or older to consume alcohol. Please drink responsibly. Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines. And we're very excited for our next guest. He's an old friend, someone who has really done so well for himself. You can catch him weekdays on the Marquee Sports Network, actually, from 6 to 9. He is the host of Follow the Money, and he is part of the Vegas Sports Information Network. It is my pleasure to welcome Mitch Moss to the program. And Mitch, welcome to the seventh inning stretch with Chad and Ryan. How you doing? Uh, Fellas, thanks so much for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I really appreciate that, yeah. Yeah, no, it's great to have you, Mitch. And, And kind of an interesting twist that we can talk about you know, gambling and sports betting, among other things, of course, and, you know, just general baseball. But you can find Mitch on Twitter at Mitch Moss Radio. So be sure to check him out there. And Mitch, let's start here where we're talking about, you know, just the Cubs and obviously the impact that gambling has had in sports. Because recently the Cubs announced that they've joined forces with DraftKings, uh, which is, uh, you know, one of the top rated mobile sports books. What does this mean as somebody as a layperson in the gambling world, so to speak, what does this mean for the partnership between the Chicago Cubs, one of the biggest major league baseball franchises and someone like DraftKings to show that gambling is out there and, and we are almost encouraging fans to now be a part of that? Well, I think it's a great uh, sign of the times. I mean, if you just want to reverse course and go back, you know, what, seven, eight, 10, 12 years ago, whatever it was, when sports betting was only legal in Nevada and people were living in the Stone Ages, man. I mean, they just thought that it was all corruption. And they had this idea that players would be because they, and I've heard former players like talk about it and they have no clue what they're saying. Like you can't assume that they could get a million dollars on a baseball game and then go out there and throw it. Like, first of all, you can't get down that much money on a baseball game silly these players so much money they would never it would never even pop into their minds to do something like this because the money's completely out of control and i think it's uh, you know years ago when i'll and i'll use the nfl for example here when we would travel bowl uh when i worked for the espn radio affiliate out here it got to the point of where once that we were from las vegas they would not even allow us to ask a question uh couldn't ask a follow-up 
and they would just poo-poo on Las Vegas as if they didn't even want us there. Uh, some, some anchors on NFL Network and uh, Roger Goodell himself, they wouldn't even name. They would refer to it as like, you know, the city in the desert. And they would laugh. They wouldn't even say Las Vegas. And now they're completely embracing it. And uh, I love it. Kings around Wrigley Field, not absolutely smash it, but for all parties, right? For DraftKings, for the Cup. Well, however that relationship is going to work. Uh, everybody who's going to go to the park, we get back to times. And by the way, you guys can probably talk about this. How many people had a bet on the game anyway? That would have been via an illegal bookie before the game at Wrigley Field. Tons of people at the game um, on any given like Wednesday or Saturday or whatever the case is. So now it's just going to be a monstrous handle, I would imagine. And uh, I like it. Now, Mitch, to be clear, and this is what I believe is, is to be true, is it's not like you can be at Wrigley Field inside the ballpark and during the game place a bet. This is going to be taking place outside the ballpark. Is that is am I correct in saying that or how would that even work? That's that's from from what I understand. I think it has to be get worked out. I wonder if if you have the draft app. And once you're in Wrigley Field, if you're allowed to actually fire on a game at that point, because that was a big talk about out here in Las Vegas once the Golden Knights came, because in, in and around that whole T-Mobile arena, you can goodness, countless sports books within walking distance within a couple of minutes and have a bet on the game. But if, as long as you have cell phone reception at the T-Mobile, you can still fire in play away, dream uh, stuff. Have the technology, maybe they do, but um that, that might be part of the, the um, relationship, I guess, is, look, you can bet outside of the stadium at the legal sports book, but we're not going to have that technology available in the, um, in the actual uh, stadium itself. I, I need to see like how that's going to work out with the fine print. Mitch Moss is our guest here from the Vegas Sports Information Network. Of course, you can catch Mitch on the Marquee Sports Network six to nine weekdays, and he's kind enough here to join us for a few minutes. Follow the Money is the name of his show. Um, Mitch, Hugh Darvish obviously is in the running for the Cy Young Award. Uh, you got Jacob DeGrom, you got Trevor Bauer. Um, prior to when he got injured, Max Freed was in the conversation. So right now, does the smart money say Darvish is kind of the guy to win the Cy Young or not? Where does he stand right now as far as you're concerned? Well, he is, uh, I would not bet him right now. And this is like just, you know, if you go back almost a month, you could have had him at 16 to 1 when that number was available and it made a lot more sense than it does right now. But in terms of uh, his chances to actually win it, he's right there with the players that you just mentioned. And also I would put Lamette uh, in it from the Padres as well. He's been absolutely fantastic. I think it's probably a four man race. Um, it always comes down to how the voters will look at it. Like, is it going to be the best pitcher on the best team? Uh, that doesn't matter with the Grum over the years because he won it when he didn't have a lot of wins, obviously and the Mets were really not that good, but uh, right now, his number is absolutely just crashed, obviously, because he's been so good. And I don't, I don't think it's over with by any stretch. I think that you can make a case for all four guys, and it will depend on how they finish now over the next couple of weeks. But he's certainly right there. And I think that uh, before the season started, he was actually much higher than that. There was talk, of course, around um, Hendricks uh, after that complete game to begin the season uh, when he took, uh, took apart the Brewers and they couldn't really touch him in that game about him maybe winning the Cy Young. But I think that's a good problem to have. Actually, if you're the Cubs, like who's going to be your number one guy in the playoffs? Does it go, is it going to be Hendricks or is it going to be um, Darvish? That's a great one-two combination. But as of right now, very close call. I would, I would probably lean Darvish. But again, I need to have a close out in the next few weeks.
I, I would uh, be remiss in asking you what the line looks like during the game on Sunday when uh, the Brewers and the Cubs connected. And I know you're a, you know, grew up in the Wisconsin area. You're a Brewers guy. And Alec Mills throwing what probably could have been the most astonishing no-hitter of the year because I don't think anybody would have guessed he would be a guy that would have thrown that no-hitter. Um, I imagine people could have won some pretty big money if they had put money down on Alec Mills throwing that no-hitter on Sunday. Well, yeah, to find a specific prop on him would have been astronomical. I do think there's a sports book out here where they, they've done it over the years, and quite frankly, I haven't tracked it that much because I don't bet it, but they did offer Wilder every single day during the baseball season. So, And I think that number is right around 20 or 25 to 1. Um, but that that has been available. So if you just happen to bet it on that day as a Cubs fan, maybe in town or whatever, and you fired and you were in town to watch all the sports going on and he did it, then it would have paid off 25 to 1. But I, I think they take some bets on that every year too. Unbelievable no-hitter that it was on Sunday. Yeah. Um, so right now the Cubs are sitting tied with the Braves for the potential two spot in the NL playoffs, the Dodgers right now, the one seed, um, which if, if the playoffs were to start today, um, good odds though, to put money on the Cubs to potentially win the world series or to even just come out of the national league. What's their stock right now? If somebody wanted to put money on them. Okay. So I'll rank it in order here for teams to win the, uh, the world series, just teams in the national league at DraftKings. We'll use that book. Uh, the Dodgers are plus, 350. So that means that for every, you know, 100 bucks you put down, you'd win 350 plus your original bet back in return. Can you believe the Potteries are now sitting at 10 to 1? Great story there. Yep. Uh, Braves are plus 1250. And then you have fourth in the pecking order, the Cubs at 16 to 1. If you want to go just to talk about to win the National League, you see here, where did that go? Uh, Dodgers are plus 130, followed by the Potteries at plus 550. Braves are 6 to 1. Then the Cubs at plus 750. And then there's a big drop off, as you would expect, right, Ryan? Uh, after the Cubs at plus 750, it goes to the Phillies, who that was a bad stretch. A seven, by the way, a seven game series in the regular season against the Marlins. How unique is that? And, but they yep. lost five out of seven. Then the Cardinals, 17 to one. Marlins are 10 to one. Um, and this is just going to come down to I would ask you this, right? When I, I was going over bullpen numbers for the Cubs, and you go and just go uh, based on Overall numbers in the National League, they're fourth in some of the key stat, uh, categories like team ERA, earn runs allowed, uh, whip, being average against. How many bullpens can you like really trust in the National League, though? I would argue maybe none of them. Um, and, you know, when they're going to get their, their opportunities against right-handed hitters, they absolutely kill rockies. So, I mean, as long as they can avoid the Dodgers, uh, I would say until as late as possible, the Cubs have an absolute chance to make a deep run. Yeah, I, I wouldn't agree. I wouldn't disagree with that. We're talking with Mitch Moss from the Vegas Sports Information Network, the host of Follow the Money. And of course, you can follow Mitch on Twitter at Mitch Moss Radio, giving us a few minutes here on the seventh inning stretch of the friendly confines. Mitch, I, I know we kind of uh, talked a little bit about it at the top of the interview, but, you know, you kind of mentioned it, how it used to be this dirty little secret and now how mainstream we are seeing a network like yourself, ESPN, getting into even more deep when it comes to gambling shows. Doug Kazarian, our old friend, uh -huh. back in Las Vegas, hosting a show. I mean, it has become such a huge part of the fan experience, watching and betting on money. Um, I know you work for a company that obviously is all about it, but 
Um, let me look at it from the other perspective, just to play devil's advocate. I know it's always been happening, but is it necessarily a massive good thing to be promoting gambling um, on, on a day-in and day-out basis, if, if I can put it bluntly like that? Uh, yeah, no, I, I would say as long as there's going to be a message about responsible gambling that's tied into it. And I see this now more and more where there are companies that are trying to dip their toes and they have been this now, and I'm not going to name names, but it's like they almost are promoting bets that you have to make. And if you don't bet, bet, you know, the more that you don't bet, the less you're going to win and stuff like this. And you have to be, I just think that's, and they're tight as well. And that's a bad message. And uh, I will say this, like of all, for example, like the live reads that we do when we promote sports books, right, Ryan, there is almost, I think it's like every single time at the back end of it, they make sure like, look, if you have a problem or, you know, somebody that has a problem, you want some help. Here's a phone number for, uh, for you to call. And they are available in all these states. And, you know, we do try to get home the message as well. Like never overextend yourself, be responsible with your bankroll and with your money management. And that's, you know, obviously one of the biggest keys to gambling in general. I mean, if you don't have the money, don't be laying much more than uh, what you have, um, obviously, to get involved. Because if you can't, you know, can't pay the bills, then you obviously should not be part of this racket. But uh, it is all over the place. And, you know, people should have an understanding that uh, it should be kind of like a second income or to help supplement their original income, what they have, just so they don't go hog wild. And all of a sudden, two weeks, two months. Oh, boy, I am so far into the red right here. How, how am I going to get out of this? Hey everyone, Ryan Badgley from the Barfly Tailgate Show and football season is kicking off and I know you feel like I do, so to steal a phrase from WWE superstar Daniel Bryan, yes, 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 and I also know you are like me and you love the work Allen Robinson is putting out on the football field, but also off the field. That's why we're so pleased to partner with the Allen Robinson Within Reach Foundation. Their work provides educational opportunities and resources to low-income and inner-city Chicago students to help put success within reach. How can you help? Immediately, you can visit allenrobinson12.org and learn more about what they are doing and make a donation. If you can't donate money, can you donate your time? The foundation is always looking for volunteers. And... Please let others know about their great work. In the coming weeks, the Barroom Network will hold some fundraising efforts, and we hope that you'll be a part of those. And again, let your family and friends know. Now, how about them Chicago Bears? I'm so psyched up for this season. I think A-Rob has 100 catches and double-digit touchdowns. Now let's bear down. On the latest Sharpshooters with Shanowski and Schuster, Chicago Sun-Times Bulls beat reporter Joe Cowley says this about the team's executive vice president of operations, Arturis Karnaschovas. I think Bulls fans can, can at least feel good that, hey, we're getting a guy here who is an architect and is coming from a building that was built that is sturdy and that is impressive and that looks like it will be like that for a couple more years. So if you can duplicate that and put the blueprint uh, in place here, they may have something good in the Eastern Conference. To me, that's the, the most exciting part Bulls fans can kind of embrace is, yeah, th th this he gets it. He understands a mix of whether it's Euros, 
or just scouting college guys. And he didn't do it alone by any means, obviously, but he comes from a place that you can kind of embrace, like a Miami or a Denver, a place that is building a culture and, and has a culture, and you're seeing it kind of emerge as a powerhouse. So um, to me, that's what, what Bulls fans should be the most excited about, is can he duplicate that blueprint now? Sharpshooters with Mark Shinowski and David Schuster, only on the Barroom Network. And our thanks to my friend Mitch Moss from the VSIN. And of course, you can see him on the Marquee Sports Network. And you can find him on the Vegas Information Sports Network website and on Twitter at Mitch Moss Radio. So we appreciate that. And don't forget, you can find Chad and I also on social media. I'm at Ryan D. Lieber. Chad's at the chad gordon so please we'd love to hear from you we'd love to hear what you guys have to say and any guests that you would like us to get on this show we're always happy to hear who you would like us to try and bring on yeah we've got some great guests coming up mitch was so fantastic we've got uh um uh because we're not just about baseball we've got a uh, uh an upcoming interview with the head basketball coach for the southern illinois salukis and in a couple weeks our first ever ryan Pulitzer prize winner George Will, how about that? That is pretty remarkable. We have to bone up, Chad, because we he's going to be the uh, smartest person oh we've ever had on the God, show. I know. That's not saying I much, know. but he he is like a brilliant man. Like, we really got to put on our A-game and sound intelligent with yeah. this interview. I mean, we don't know if Ryan Dempster is a member of Mensa. We don't know that, but we do know that George Will, I this is the first time in, in a long time, I am really not intimidated, but I'm like, okay, got to bring it because this guy is going to be thoughtful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, but but I, and now my next goal, obviously, is we got to get Ken Burns, you know, to break down the, the baseball uh, document. Oh, work I would on love that, that if you don't mind. And might, I, might I add, Chad, we added a Hall of Famer to our list of guests because yeah. not only do we have Andre Dawson, but the other night, Joe Buck was yep. officially announced yep. as a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame getting the Pete Rozelle Award. So, We've had two Hall of Famers now on our show, one for baseball and one for football in Joe Buck. I keep saying this. Nobody gets better guests from Pat Hughes to Lynn Casper to to, uh, Mike Greenberg, all the ones we just mentioned. uh, Chris Myers from Fox Sports doing all the the football play by play. Um, So exciting. And also, don't forget, if you're on Facebook, who's not on Facebook, but if you're on Facebook and you're not already, look for the Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines Facebook headquarters. Join the group. It's a great community. We do giveaways. Uh, It's a great, fun community um, for for Cubs fans. So let's move on to the eighth inning and a bit of a bittersweet week, Um, not only for Cubs fans who noticed, um, because you may have just not realized it was happening, but it definitely was for Cubs legend John Lester. Uh, He quite possibly made his last start at Wrigley Field. Now, we don't know if he's slotted in, if he'll he'll play in the opening series, which is likely to be hosted at Wrigley Field. But if that is his last start at Wrigley Field, um, you know, it begs you to, you know, to really think back to the six years. And he even said it's been a really quick six years. What is his legacy mean to you, Ryan? Well, he's obviously, and, you know, I always try to see if there's a way I can come up with a better name, but I think it's safe to say he is the greatest free agent signing in Chicago Cubs history. I I've tried to use the Andre Dawson logic is he being the best, but I think because of the impact John Lester has made, 
he was the big signing that kind of turned the corner for this franchise to take that step and get to the postseason and then eventually win the World Series. I mean, John Lester has arguably had his best years as a pitcher with the Chicago Cubs. I think it's safe to say that he did. Um, he has really just been the leader of this pitching staff and really the leader of this team, if you think about it. He deserves every penny that he has gotten. I'm hoping that there is, I don't know if it will, because I know we've talked about the fact that he's, you know, kind of trending downward at this point, but he's had a couple of decent starts recently. And I'm hoping that maybe there's the off chance that maybe, just maybe, he's back with the team next year. But I don't really know if that's going to happen. What about you? You know, he he's just that guy that uh, that that you have to you know, you know put in that. You know, is there a statue in play for John Lester outside of Wrigley Field? That's the discussion when you think about that. Because when the Cubs front office went and brought him in prior to the 15 season, it signaled to everybody in baseball that the, the years of of uh, of shoring up draft picks and and not really going out there trying to put the best team out there um, was over. And they were focused on winning. And John Lester was the guy that said, follow me, guys. And he set the stage. Um, he he created the clubhouse. Um, it's been, uh, you know, it's been bittersweet to watch, you know, it's kind of the drop off, you know, and that happens with pitchers. Um, he's not done. He's not going to retire after this. The decision is, does he, you know, does he come back on a team friendly deal? Does he want to go back to Boston? Does he want to sell a jersey in another community in another town? Who knows? But the legacy for me, I, I agree. I think he's the greatest free agent signing in Chicago Cubs history. Um, Andre was huge. He was huge. But Lester led to this amazing run of success you know, coming up on 500 wins since John Lester joined the team, which I believe is third most in all of Major League Baseball. So the legacy is there's nothing he can do that's going to tarnish that. It's big game John Lester. I can't wait to see how this plays out his last few weeks as a Cub. All right, so let's finish up with the ninth inning, Chad. And the White Sox, for the first time since 2008, are going back to the postseason. Ironically enough, it was the only time since 1906 that both the Cubs and the White Sox made the postseason until you would like to think this year, as long as the Cubs, you know, hold true to form and they make the postseason, which it looks like that will be the case. So the White Sox and the Cubs, Chad, do have that opportunity to have that all Windy City classic. The only problem is, Chad, it's not going to be played in Chicago. So do you still want to see an all Chicago World Series, Chad, knowing none of the games are going to be played in Chicago? You know, um, the answer is yes. And, and I got to tell you, um, it has been a long time for the White Sox fan to have much to cheer about. It has been a very long time. The Cubs have been to numerous postseasons since that 2008 where the, the, the we both the Cubs and the White Sox went. If this plays out to form and the White Sox are, are the hottest team in the American League right now, and somehow the Cubs push their way through and, and it becomes an all Chicago World Series down at uh, in in Texas um, for the World Series, I gotta imagine they're gonna figure out some way to have limited fans in there. Can you imagine the price tag of those tickets? Oh my God! I mean, that would be incredible. Um, so the answer is, you know, it'd be it'd bum me out. I mean, it would bum everybody out. Uh, but I'm gonna enjoy this run. Um, and if the Cubs end up playing and and winning a neutral site World Series, I'm gonna celebrate it like like no other. Yes. I mean, yes, the answer is yes. I mean, I guess you want to see your team get to the World Series regardless of the scenario. But obviously, 
it's not like I would, you know, I, there's a part of me that's kind of bummed about it but at the same yeah. time, because like, if you want to see an all Chicago world series, you want to see it in the city of Chicago where the fans are going to get crazy, where the fans are going to be able to see it, where the city of Chicago is going to be electric because it's going to be North siders and South siders and families and houses divided trying to figure out who they're going to cheer for. Divorce rates are going to go up. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm going to miss the most is if we do get this, I'm going to be bummed in that regard because I feel like even though, yes, we will have that, the World Series and we will have people watching it, and obviously you'll still have people going back and forth about it, you're not going to have that vibe in the city because you're not going to actually be there to enjoy the games in person. So, yes, the answer is, you know, obviously, as I mentioned before, is you do want to see both teams get there, but I'm, I'm not jazzed about it. I, I yeah. got to be honest. I'm not yeah. jazzed about it. <laughs> well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. But let's also, right. oh, you're my right. God, what a magical time that would be for Chicago. Oh, 100%. So with that, let's see how it all plays out. We'll be back with you next week with another great episode of the Friendly Confines. So for Chad, I am Ryan. We will talk to you next week, everybody. Thanks so much. And please wear a mask. See you at the ballpark, everybody. just a game for I've seen other teams and it's never the same when you're born in Chicago you're blessed and you're a field the first time you walk into Wrigley Field our heroes wear- hey everyone I'm Chad Gordon and I'm Ryan Lieber we're the hosts of the Friendly Confines podcast each week we'll bring you the latest Cubs news from the fans perspective with some of the biggest names in sports. Joe Buck, welcome to the Friendly Confines with Chad and Ryan. Yeah, oh my God, I'm happy to do it. Pat Hughes, welcome to the seventh inning. Happy to be here, Chad. It is Len Casper. You got it, Ryan. Chad, happy to be with you guys. The Hawk, Andre Dossett. What is my distinct pleasure? I'm doing fine, thank you. We're also excited to bring you new episodes as part of the Barroom Network. So if you're a Cubs fan or even just a baseball fan, be sure to check out the Friendly Confines podcast every week on the Barroom Network. Hey, this is Len Casper, the TV voice of the Chicago Cubs. You're listening to the Friendly Confines podcast with Chad and Ryan.